better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino kyle krabs and chris schubert from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this tuesday episode of the show continuing our redraft of the 2019 nfl draft we did picks one through 16 yesterday <sighs> 17 to 32 is coming your way today kyle happy tuesday to you happy tuesday chris yeah you got something to say huh so we, we like to give the podcast listeners a little behind the scenes because not everybody watches the live streams. We record the Tuesday edition of the show on Monday night. And my, and my friend Kyle's living his best life once again. And I guess my question, Kyle, is without giving too much away, is what you are currently doing going to transition long enough into the live stream that we're going to be doing right after the end of this show? That's the hope. Okay, great. That's I cannot hope. wait. And that's, the, that's all you're getting, <laughs> listeners. I'm not this giving is, you uh, any more. Nothing no, else. This is a sign of a man whose baby is sleeping through the night. That, that's what I think we have. Actually, uh, the the baby did not sleep through the night oh. last night, but uh, this is the guy who needs to take the edge off after mom goes to work for the, the nine to five and then comes home and dad plays dad all day. And, you know, she the baby na- napped long enough to do a great coaches clinic from Don Brown and uh, his, his blitz package. And what was the other one that I did? I just did one about uh, out a wide zone. Uh, with the Oregon offensive line coach. So it's a, it's a great time to be consuming some football content, being a student of the game. And uh, we're taking the edge off now that we've got a couple clinics under our belt today. All right. So we are picking things up here. Pick number 17, the New York Giants are on the clock and they selected Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle from Clemson, who has been a really good player for them. And I know that this was a loaded defensive tackle class with Wilkins and Oliver and Jeffrey Simmons and Quinn and Williams Man, oh, man, Dexter Lawrence has been as good as any of them, I think. And um, we know that Dave Gettleman loves his defensive tackles. Well, and especially for the role, right? You think yeah. about the role that, that the Giants want Dexter to play. And you think about the guys who we talked about, the other defensive tackles who in the redraft yesterday did not get picked in their original slots, which was the Ed Olivers of the world and Christian Wilkins is the world. And like, I don't think either one of those guys can play the Dexter Lawrence role. So I I don't, I don't think we're just, I don't think it's as simple as, Oh, well there's defensive tackles who were drafted earlier who are still available. That's not really the direction that makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. I I say we stick here with Dexter Lawrence. Ooh, really? Yeah. You don't want to consider getting him a a starting quarterback. No. (laughs) What starting quarterback did you have in mind? The one they took Daniel Jones. We still have a first round pick. We could. (laughs) We can wait. You're predetermining. I'm going to make a push at some point for somebody to take okay. a quarterback. If you're going to get cute with it. And I know Chris is the tiebreaker and he's here for the chaos. He's got that. You want to force it right now? I'm just saying it? It, it's worth having the conversation. We bought him 11 picks. I want to keep this pick Dexter Lawrence, but uh, if you want to force the vote, force the vote. Dexter Lawrence is the pick at 17. All right. Let's keep moving. Oh, boy. What's next? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings pick 18, Garrett Bradbury, center from North Carolina State, a 32-game starter for them. Kyle, I know he's been up and down, took a little bit yeah. of a step this year. Maybe Eric McCoy would be a better player. Does he as good of a fit? What do you think? I, I think there's – at some point we have to get away from just like just drafting for fit with wide zone in Minnesota, right? <laughs> Outside zone in Minnesota, right? Uh, like, yeah, it's a good uh, point. At some point – Eric McCoy has a skill set that is translatable to playing in zone concepts. 
You know, is he going to reach a three tech on the back side of the run uh, when the, or on the front side of the run when they're working that way? No, probably not. But, you know, Garrett Bradbury and the limitations that he had as a guy with his anchor uh, as a player uh, really gave him fits when he first got into the league. And I think just let's not make this harder than it has to be. It's not like Eric McCoy is a 335-pound center. They can't move. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's how, how I perceive it. So if you want to go with a center, then Eric McCoy would be my choice instead of Garrett Bradbury. Okay, so I'm with you there. Do you want to consider a different position? We can yes, go I defensive think, I tackle. Think, I think there's plenty that should be on the table here. All right, whether well, bring it's, it, bring it to it, said table. So Minnesota, they've been looking for a disruptor presence up front for a while, right? Mm-hmm. We want to bring Ed Oliver into the fold here. I think he's worth the conversation. I think I think we've got it down to two good candidates in, in Ed Oliver and Eric McCoy. I think maybe we lean into the positional value of a defensive tackle. I'm good with that. All right. Ed Oliver, welcome to the Minnesota Vikings. Is, uh, is he still going to be able to ride horses up there? Is it too cold? Uh, if he's riding horses in Buffalo, I assume he could do it in Minnesota. That's so, true. Yeah. That's very true. Very These true. horse people, they find their horses. You know what I mean? Right. So number 19 is the Tennessee Titans who got sniped because uh, <laughs> they took Jeffrey Simmons and Jeffrey Simmons came off the board. He went to Buffalo yesterday, correct? That's yeah, he where did. we sent mm-hmm. him. Uh, and now uh, the guy who went to Buffalo goes to Minnesota right in front of Tennessee. So it's not even like they could get the next guy in line. So uh, if you wanted to go defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins is still out there. And um, Wilkins has more versatility than Ed does. And you think about Jeffrey Simmons and moving around the interior defensive front. I, I think there is some overlap there to be had. Um, but I do also know for Tennessee that the offensive line is something that you know, in the third round of this year's draft or the fourth round, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, they, they got Nate Davis uh, at 82 yeah. overall in the third round. Yep. Uh, so, and, and he's been a consistent starter for them. Uh, they got to figure out the right tackle situation. We could save them from the whole snafu of mm-hmm. uh, what happened at right tackle last year with Isaiah Wilson. If we go a different direction. So I don't know. I think there's some interesting candidates here for Tennessee at 19. Well, if we go offensive tackle, I think the only one really to bring to the conversation is Jonah Williams. Um, I kind of like the idea of Wilkins. I, I think, uh like you mentioned, the versatility, he can play up and down that front for them, kind of a hybrid front. It's not that dissimilar to what Miami runs. And so they would get they get a player there that I think obviously can bring that leadership and you know be that cornerstone of the of the of the team type player. I, I'm inclined to go Wilkins here. Let's do Wilkins. Let's do Wilkins. Christian Wilkins, now a Tennessee Titan. Uh so the the Broncos at 20 with Noah Fant being the original pick after they traded back from 10. Uh, they got both Iowa tight ends now. If they want to change their decision, although if I'm being completely honest, I'm probably keeping Noah Fant as my personal choice. And some of that comes back to my own personal bias of how I evaluated Fant uh, in the pre-draft process. But uh, you know, he struggled through some injuries last year, but he's really started to show the receiving chops that you knew were going to make him a big mismatch threat 
uh, versus Hawkinson being kind of the more quote unquote traditional Y tight end. Uh, I'm going to make the case here for Noah Fant. I will concur with Noah Fant remaining very good. A Denver Bronco. Very good. And then look what happens here. The Green Bay Packers pick 21. Darnell Savage was the pick. We talked about this with their first pick at 12. Shuby, do you have who we picked for them instead? Was it the wide receiver? Instead, you took Terry McLaurin for the Green Bay Packers at 12, and the board has fallen exactly the way you wanted it to when you were talking at 12 because Savage is still on the board. Pretty savage move there. I think they should continue with Darnell Savage. That was unnecessary, Joe. But you know, nobody ever appreciates my dad jokes. <laughs> I'm fine with Darnell Savage being a repeat. If there was a different direction that you were going to go, um, Hawkinson would be fun. Oh, could you imagine? That's what I was going to say. Give me all the playmakers, baby. Bring them all to Green Bay. So wait, wait, wait. Do we want to do this? He would be perfect for Green Bay, right? Uh, I know Robert Tanyan, you know, Pro Bowl worthy tight end. Oh, no, I'm not trying to catch the wrath of Tanyan stance. <laughs> I'm it's passing. A, it's a hive. Tanyan it, vibe. It, you don't it, want to mess with it. No, it's like the, the Bills Mafia. You just don't step on the toes of the Tanyan hive. So... <laughs> Darnell Savage. It's, All right. Let's lock him in. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. So many amazing flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it is good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. If you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you have to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who is on the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Original selection, Andre Dillard. Offensive tackle from Washington State. Guile, I think it's time to pivot. Yeah, I was just going to say, let me tell you who I'm not going to advocate for picking, and it's Andre <laughs> Dillard. Started, um, how many games has he started? Like 16? Or he played in 16. I don't know how many starts he's had. Hold on. 16 games played, four, four. games started. Well, oh, boy. His He's um, an older prospect too, right? His career AV, according to Pro Football Reference, is tied with Dwayne Haskins for the hmm. worst of the first-round selected oh. pro- players in the 2019 NFL draft. What a nugget that is. He's 25, by the way, Joe. Yeah. 25 and raw. Got those quick feet, though, Kyle. Quick feet. Quick feet. Jonah Williams? 
you want to bring him to the conversation? Um, they've been looking for receivers. We've got, uh, we got Debo Samuel. We've got Marquise Brown. I uh, think Joe. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, It's like Jonah played, has played 10 games. <laughs> He's played less right. again, less games than Andre has. He started more games and he looked good this year. I don't want to be fair to Jonah Williams. Um, Sean Murphy bunting, Jamal Dean. Anything screaming to you. Ryan Kerrigan is a Philadelphia Eagle. Let that sink in. Yeah. Weird. You know, um, uh, Trill Williams is a Miami Dolphin. Never heard of him. Like I said to you in the text. Yeah, message, never heard not, of him. Not never familiar with this Trill Williams. Joe has completely disowned the man. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of him. Um, uh, I, I, we got some options here. Uh, if we went wide receiver. Debo's is Debo the, the guy you're going to abdicate for? Yeah, but okay. So here's the thing: we never really established the parameters. If we go wide receiver, it's with the understanding that they have Rager and Smith, right? Like we would just be adding to it. It's not like you then get to reset all the other picks that you've made because you now have this player. Murphy Bunting is interesting. Remember, yes, they took is. JJ Arcega Whiteside in the second round. So just consider yeah. that Did when you, you know make that? this decision. That was before DK Metcalf. I don't know. I, I would say that's irresponsible, but that's that's just me. Well, and who somebody somebody in that front office flexed to make that pick happen. Oh no. <laughs> Is that I really think that was true? one of the I believe that was one of the things that came out about the uh, <laughs> when the athletic did like that big deep dive piece. Oh boy. That uh, Mike Florio got stuffed into a locker by his co-host about because Florio was like, these long article, long form pieces. Oh, Nobody's yeah. going to read those things. And Chris Sims is like, yeah, that's fine. But didn't you just write a book? Beautiful. <laughs> that was an all time moment right there. Oh, it's all time zinger. Um, I'm not going to make this harder than it, it should be. They went with an offensive tackle. Jonah Williams is the best offensive lineman available. I understand he only played in 10 games, uh, but in true poetry, there is a tweet on my timeline I'm looking at right now. Last season, Jonah Williams earned a 78 pass blocking rate on true pass sets, according to PFF, which was ranked 15th among 92 qualifying offensive tackles. I am happy with the Jonah Williams pivot here. I am not happy that you said he's the best offensive lineman available because I think Eric McCoy. I, I yeah. should have said offensive tackle available. So please forgive me. That was a Freudian slip, if you will. Touche. Okay. Uh, this could this could be a spot for Eric McCoy, the Houston this, Texans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Done. Okay. Titus Howard gone. Eric McCoy is here. But Look to have me. the conversation, I mean, Titus Howard, he's had injuries. I think he's been a reasonable player, right? He hasn't been a complete flop with the pick when he's been healthy. He's like a lot of people, and I, I wouldn't disclude myself from having this opinion to some degree. I expected the Titus Howard pick based on my opinions of him in the pre-draft to turn into what Andre Dillard has been for Philadelphia. It's like what Dillard yeah. became was what a lot of people's expectations were for Howard because he was so out of left field. And yeah. I had a late, I, I had a, a six or seven on Titus Howard. So my expectations were very low. Uh, obviously, his opportunities in Houston has allowed him to learn on the job and develop. And I think he, he is a player who can be a serviceable starting offensive line. Cause he has all the traits to become that and, and continue to develop as a player. But uh, 
we're not going to compare him to Eric McCoy and suggest they're in no. the same ballpark, yeah. right? It's like McCoy's the pick here. <laughs> right. All right, Eric McCoy, enjoy your time in Houston. Okay, so the Raiders. Raiders. The at the time Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, at 24. They drafted Josh Jacobs. He's one of 10 players from this year's class to already have a Pro Bowl to their name. You get into the, the questions of positional value and the running back position and, and whether or not Jacobs has lived up to expectations as a back that got drafted in the top 25. So, Joe, uh, what say you? I think Jacobs is important for what they want to do offensively. Um, I, I, kind of going back to what I said yesterday, unless it was a pick that I think was obviously one that they needed to pivot to and there was clearly a better player, then I was fine with sticking. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty much fine with sticking with Josh Jacobs here. You could convince me on maybe one of these safeties, Chauncey Garner-Johnson or Juan Thornhill. Jamal Dean at corner is maybe worth the conversation. Um, there's no real edge rushers. I mean, Chase Winovich, probably the best edge left that hasn't already been claimed. So I would stick with, I would stick with Jacobs here. I mean, let's be fair to Jacobs. He is 2,619 yards from scrimmage in two seasons and he's accounted for 19 touchdowns. You know, it's, he's playing 28 games. So he's missed just a handful of games, but I think he's, he's lived up to the expectations that you would have in place. Uh, and, and we're into the twenties here. So I don't think it's egregious. Uh, no. and, and as you said, the biggest thing of all is maybe you could get into debate of the debate of like, okay, if we passed on Jacobs, could we get David Montgomery round two and, and, you know, have a replacement player and get a more high value position. But, uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily necessary to reinvent the wheel here. I'm good. Jacobs stays. Jacobs stays. So now they have Josh Jacobs and Brian Burns. And they got another pick here in three picks. Hindsight, man. 2020. Well, they don't know. This is 2019, Joe. Oh, no, no. The, the, it's hindsight 2021, please. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens, 25. They, yeah. they actually drafted Marquise Brown. Hollywood Brown, wide receiver, Oklahoma. And uh, to be fair to Hollywood Brown, since we were fair to Josh Jacobs, uh, Hollywood Brown has 104 receptions, 1,353 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Joe, those those 15 touchdowns is the third most in this draft class behind A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. I think he's going to fit a lot better. His role is going to be a lot more – I don't want to say a lot more better because that sounds – like I haven't been to school in my life, but I think I like the idea of him now with Rashad Bateman in that offense with Sammy Watkins in that offense. I think he'll be able to thrive more as opposed to like, all right, I'm supposed to be the guy I'm the dude in this receiving core. And I think he could be a big part of like their offensive success, but having those other pieces, I think will only make him better. Are there any other wide receivers that entice you? No, I think the only other one worth mentioning is Debo Samuel. Do you think Debo's a better fit for Baltimore? Not be, No, because I, I do like that they have Rashad Bateman now. If they didn't have Rashad Bateman, I might say But yes. those, are, those are still different receivers. They are, but I like the way that they fit together now. I, I don't know that 
if they got if Marquise Brown wasn't part of this receiving core, I would be looking for the speed, take the roof off the defense type guy. So now, now that I have Bateman and I have Watkins and I have Andrews, I, I like the idea of sticking with Brown. I think I'm going to get Chris involved here. I will make a case for Debo Samuel. Is this the first tiebreaker Chris has had to do today? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and my thought process is more so uh, Lamar hit, hits home runs down the field very well. Uh, but a lot of where he has his most success is in the middle of the field in shorter areas, not necessarily winning outside the numbers or, or playing outside. Uh Debo Samuel's ability to create after the catch and, and being just another presence to have to worry about in the middle of the field and what he can do from a gadget perspective and versatility, which is much more uh, than Hollywood Brown. And, and uh, I understand there's some durability concerns with Debo. He's only played uh, in 22 games thus far, uh, but in those 22 games, Debo Samuel has managed to post 90 receptions for 1200 yards and four scores. Uh, so I just think his versatility, when you think about where Lamar has won to this point as a passer, Joe, and I remember this was a big point of emphasis for us uh, with, do they go get a guy who creates separation, a ton of separation, or do they draft a guy who has a ton of size, right? And, and you know, with Lamar's general accuracy as a passer outside the numbers and, and that whole debate, um, Hollywood Brown wins down the field, which Lamar's really good at. Uh, but I think, especially after seeing the transition away from Hayden Hurst, uh, there's another mouth to feed there in the middle of the field. And while, yes, Rashad Bateman can do some of that, I think Rashad Bateman can also win outside. I think Depot's a perfect complement inside. Your well, Honor. Okay. <laughs> I, I am considering and I've, I'm envisioning this. And I think one of the things that Baltimore really needed to do, and they focused on it in the 2021 draft, is give your quarterback all the tools he needs to, to succeed. Lean into what makes him so great. And when I look at the idea of every week needing to prepare for Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, you add a player like Curtis Samuel or Debo Samuel, excuse me, to that mix, boy. Does that make that offense electric? Debo Samuel, Kyle, you have won me over. That is a win for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, let's right. go. Come on, Joe. You you can't see you can't see how like that's just an extra player that you have to prepare for that leads yeah, into what makes have, them successful. You just took all away the vertical threat. The, the okay, field that's stretcher. They, they, you can find another vertical threat. You can find a field stretcher. I'm squatting all day on these Ravens players. Okay, but but isn't isn't they the, squatted on them last year? Right. So and and and. It, it didn't work for Baltimore. You have to lean into what makes you successful. And I think what makes you successful is a guy like Adebo Samuel, right? It's what it's where Lamar is comfortable. It's where Lamar succeeds. And if this you, is, this is the Amari Rogers dream to Baltimore. Yes. This is the, this is the makeup. I didn't get it that. in reality. So I have to get it here in the redraft. But you got Bateman. I don't know. All right. That's yeah, I'm fine. Thrilled. I'm thrilled the, to have the both. structure is set up. And thrilled the, to have the, both. the jury is spoken. <laughs> <laughs> So what do we got next? The Washington, Washington football team, Montez our Sweat. football yeah. team. Sweat's gone, by the you way. You can't have him. Cannot have him. You can have, if you want to stick with an edge, I mean, Chase Winovich is, is still available, who's been a productive player, not even as like a full-time guy for the Patriots. I get a name. Okay. Daniel Jones. 
We got cute with New York. We're at 26 overall. Daniel Jones has shown some flashes. I'm not going to sit here and pretend as though Daniel Jones has alleviated the concerns that existed in the pre-draft. The turnover-worthy plays are problematic. But at this late in the game, this is your second first-round pick. You've already made a home run selection earlier. I would propose that Daniel Jones, this late in the game, for a team that does not have any long-term answer at quarterback, is a worthwhile shot to take. Perfect. Let's send it to Shuby. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is I'm going to ruin friendships this way. Because Kyle's making a really convincing argument, and I think I want to pick Daniel Jones. Joe, Joe, you got to sell me more, man. You got to give me something here. Kyle's been speaking last on both of these. Give me something, please. So I suggested Chase Winovich. I mean, I, I think I think that's more the identity of this team is that front seven. When you think Washington, you're thinking about that front seven, and now Kerrigan's gone, which, you know, he oh, wasn't, no. a big, wasn't a big piece last year. Still but, got Chase Young to Ron Payne. Well, you don't have Montez Sweat because he was gone a lot earlier in this redraft. And so this is me wanting to have that guy opposite of Chase Young. I mean, Winovich is a high motor, very athletic, very polished in terms of how he wins. I I mean, I think he's a, a slam dunk to play opposite of Chase Young. And I I will say, though, I mean, with, with the Daniel Jones idea, I'm pretty familiar with the Scott Turner offense. And I think a player like Daniel Jones – could succeed here. So I, I do like that component of bringing him to the conversation. I like the idea of being different. And I like the idea of Winovich being an option for Chris to decide on, man. I also don't have Terry McLaurin either for this team, don't. which is something, which is something to consider as well. Kind of need some love on the offensive side of the ball. Um, nah, they need a quarterback. Give me Daniel Jones. Oh, let me Daniel Jones, quarterback, Washington football team. Joe, the good news is I think we're getting on the same page here with the Raiders at 27. Well, we'll find out in just a minute. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. So, Kyle, you thought we could agree on this Raiders pick? Yeah, so originally they picked Jonathan Abram. Yeah. Abram has struggled to meet expectations, uh, but there is a safety whose name has popped up again and again and again and again over the course of the past two days, And it's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the University of Florida. And you think about Gardner-Johnson and his versatility, his ability to play in coverage, his ability to play man-to-man, his ability as a tackler to be like a total pest 
And, and I think that personality really fits John Gruden. I think that personality fits this defense. He goes to a high profile program at the university of Florida. You put all those things together. We can get a safety here. We can get a guy who can tackle. He's not necessarily going to be a 230 pound jackhammer in the middle, but he's going to give you a more valuable skill set anyway, because he could play some coverage. Turn it in. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, a Raider. Like Beautiful it. thing. Love it. Beautiful thing. Okay. Oh, the Chargers. The Chargers. Uh, picked 28. Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle, Notre Dame. This one has not worked out, sir. Not, not, not been great. Maybe things can change this year. But I think we need to make a pivot here, Kyle. And I have, I have a suggestion for you. I, I kind of have a name as well, but I'd be interested to hear what you have first. Okay. I want to introduce the name. Ooh, wait. Never heard of him. There's two that I like. Both are defensive backs. One of them's name is Sean Murphy Bunting. Think a press corner like Murphy Bunting would be everything they need to survive out there in the, in the AFC West, or at least give them a chance. I also like the idea of Juan Thornhill as that deep safety to play alongside Derwin James and um, really good in deep coverage, allow them to be a little bit more aggressive with what they do up front. So I'm not sure if either one of those were on your radar, but those are the two names that I like. Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Have we picked repicked TJ Hawkinson yet? He is available on the board. They just let Hunter Henry walk. Hunter Henry had durability issues throughout the time with his with the Chargers. I kind of like TJ Hawkinson here. Uh, if not, I still think there's definitely a few spots that would make sense for TJ Hawkinson to go. Uh, probably in hindsight, if we're applying the hindsight, we're applying to everybody else to what we're doing with this exercise. Hawk probably should have been should have been gone already because sure. he's a yeah. good player. Um, and then the only other name that I would introduce in the secondary is um, Byron Murphy. What? Went 33 overall. Over Murphy, Bunting, and Thornhill. I'm just, it was just a name that I had on the short list that I wanted to make sure I had a conversation about. I'm not sitting here advocating for that to be the choice, but I thought Byron Murphy settled in a little bit last year. He saw uh, a better production as far as coverage and what was conceded and, and passer rating allowed and so on and so forth. And I just wanted to make sure his name got mentioned here since we're talking about a destination for corners motion for TJ Hawkinson to be the pick. Agreed. Right. I'm surprised you went, went with it. That's good. No, I, I thought about the pick that they made in Asante Samuel. So that makes me feel better about corner. Yep. And then it comes down to a safety versus tight end discussion. And I mean, let's face it. Hunter Henry meant a lot to Justin Herberts as a rookie. And I'm kind mm -hmm. of disappointed. Jared Cook is all they brought in to replace that. Um, yeah. So this, this to me corrects that a little bit. Okay, cool. So we got four more. Now yeah. we got a steamroll through here. I know Chris is looking at the clock. We're about the live stream this evening because we're, we're right on the heels of it. Uh, but we're, I feel really good about our ability to get it done. So let's start with the Seattle Seahawks at 29 who drafted LJ Collier. Um, what, what names jump to you, Joe? Not LJ Collier. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. That's a fair. I mean, I don't know. Sean Murphy bunting. If there ever was a spot, I'm, I mean, I keep bringing his name up. Jamel Dean. Um, 
What about Dalton Reisner? Winovich is certainly interesting. Risner, yeah. I mean, they're all they're all in play. You just think about their style of play up front. I like Risner and I like Murphy Bunting. I like Murphy Bunting more for the positional value. Okay, then let's do that for Seattle. And, and we'll break the trend that Seattle has for themselves in which they never draft a corner early, right? They That's always, they always right. find a way to get them late. Uh, but at some point, like, if it matters as much to you, which it does to Seattle, those corners that play that very scheme-specific type role, then, like, go get that guy if he exists. And yeah. show me, Sean Murphy Bunting's that kind of guy. So the Giants, they don't get Daniel Jones because he's on the Washington football team. This original selection was DeAndre Baker. Uh, oof. I can tell you it's not going to be DeAndre Baker. Big oof. Yeah. Somehow um, DeAndre Baker even ended up with a better AV than Andre Dillard. <laughs> well, and look, the Giants have bounced back nicely. They've, they've, James Bradbury was a very good free agent pickup, and then they, they signed the Dory Jackson. Yeah. So I, I think they're okay at corner. Darnay Holmes in the slot. Aaron Robinson, a third-round pick this past year. They, they bounced back from, from that. What do you think here, Kyle? I mean, I, to me, this might be a good Risner spot. Losing Kevin Zeitler, kind of relying on like Shane Lemieux, potentially to be that that guard yeah. opposite of Hernandez. Yeah, let's let's do let's do Dalton Risner. Okay. Boom. So now we got two left. Yep. The Atlanta Falcons with Caleb McGarry, and the New England Patriots with Nikhil Harry. So two redrafts coming. Let's. Let's be honest, right? Uh, Caleb McGarry, uh, right tackle. What else? Defensive needs. Okay. So, defensive needs all over the place for Atlanta. Yeah. Though. So it's like if you find defensive players you like, you're probably going to like the value better than what they actually got from McGarry thus far. Yeah. Thornhill comes to mind, Jamel Dean and, and Chase Winovich. I mean, how do you not do Chase Winovich here, man? We're talking about like Dante Fowler and who at edge. I know Grady Jarrett's a stud in the middle, but I kind of like Thornhill. I that's fine with me. I mean, right now we're looking at. I know they drafted Richie Grant, but like Jalen Hawkins, Eric Harris yeah, as your but, safeties. Yeah, but even like Richie can play in the slot. He can play some man to man. Juan's a former corner himself, so I think you yeah, got a really with Dean nice. Pease? Yeah. All right, Juan Thornhill. It is. Yeah, Welcome let's do that. Let's do that. And then the Patriots at thirty-two with Nikhil Harry being the pick. Could this be the Winovich? <laughs> just give him Chase Winovich, call it a day, and just move on. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, I mean, the best receiver available that we have not done in the redraft, according Marquise to pro- Brown, right? production, is either Marquise Brown or Deontay Johnson are the two most productive oh. players. Let's be fair to, I mean, Deontay Johnson has more receptions, 43 of them, more yards, 250 of them, and only three less touchdowns than Hollywood Brown does in the same amount of time in the league. So I know there's the drops issues there, but if we're going to talk about best receivers available, Deontay Johnson has performed and produced at a higher level in two out of the three than what Hollywood Brown has. And some of that comes back to uh, opportunity uh, and style of play, but just wanted to make that at least acknowledged. Hmm. Are you thinking about a receiver here over Winovich? I'm not super compelled. So mm-hmm. if that's the argument that we want to make, I mean, the, the leading sack artists 
from this year's draft. Winovich is the highest sack artist that is still left on the board from the 2019 class. He is a New England Patriot. You know he fits the system and the style of play. So I can get on board with Chase Winovich here at 32. Just moving him up from 77 to 32. Just move him well, up. And, and we were really high on Chase Winovich. Yeah. He has not been a disappointment process. either. He's been good. No. I mean, he's got, he has 11 sacks through 32 games played. Uh, his first season was quiet, but he was all over the place this past year. Yeah. He was a pain in the butt, and he's had five and a half sacks in each of his first two seasons. Uh, he had more quarterback hits, more tackles. For, let's chase Winovich. Let's do it. He started nine games last year. Lock him in. All right, That's I'm good. good. It's going to do it. We're done with the, the redraft of the 2019 first round. We hope you guys enjoyed this exercise. Some good names left, but that's kind of the beauty of the NFL draft, right? Not, not everybody who goes in the first round, even if you get the first 32 picks right, is going to be uh, – you're still going to have good players left and, and available to draft. So uh, we had fun with this. We're looking forward to, to doing a lot of this type of content during the offseason. So you're going to want to make sure you catch it by hitting subscribe on the podcast and also checking out the live stream Mondays, Thursdays, 7.30 PM Eastern standard time, which it is almost right now as we record this Tuesday episode. So we got to bounce Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to the draft Eats podcast.